0: Hello and welcome to the chilly northeast of the United States of America, where this morning in the northwest corner of New Jersey, it was 7 degrees here in the valley, and it's February, and at last it's winter.
1: Yes, it was 1.4 degrees yesterday morning on our little hillock, <laughs> if that's what you call my short hill.
0: It, do you think you're like five miles away from here? Yes, well, things certainly change. Things are different. Things are, are colder up there in town on the hill and warmer down here. But,
1: but you've got, you're surrounded by water, too, and it's not frozen water yet. So I think that sometimes influences how cold it gets, even though cold air falls, and you would think in the Little Valley it would be colder here. Who it knows? It beats
0: me, but I'll tell you, 10 years ago it was colder here. Because now I'm thinking seven and eight degrees is very very cold, but uh, ten years ago it was minus eight degrees, right?
1: Well, we had a co- uh, very cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've had that's some very kind of cold, cold weather.
0: Between zero and minus ten would be normal average for zone six. So During we're in zone the... seven. Did you know we moved to Long Island while our backs were <laughs> turned?
1: Oh, did that... I say who we are? I don't think you did.
0: Oh, my name is Ken Drews and I'm the host of Ken Drews Real Dirt and I was gonna actually say that I'm joined not only by Vicky Johnson, but we've we've allowed the cats to come into the studio. And well, uh Well
1: it is cold outside.
0: It's cold, but Miss Peach has already uh already been clawing my elbow for a pet.
1: Well you started talking and it wasn't to her. It was to all those wonderful listeners out there.
0: Now, there's one cat here whose name is Boy, and he talks constantly, but I bet he won't talk while we're on the air.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just because I, you've introduced I've him. I've just
0: introduced him and asked him, so <laughs> I don't know. And I'm joined by Vicky Johnson, garden columnist, garden book author. Frozen
1: and and ice cube at the and moment. Frozen ice
0: cube. And, and your hair. Mm. <laughs> your hair looks nice now, because you've got that stuff on it.
1: It's not standing on end.
0: No, but, you know, when you took your hat off, I thought you were going to fly right up to the ceiling.
1: (laughs) Oh, and the static electricity. Yeah. Oh, mercy.
0: Well, Well, I like
1: winter. I do. But when it's this cold, I wish we had a couple of feet of snow on the ground to kind of protect the garden. I always get nervous.
0: We have probably an inch and a quarter. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe a little more.
1: And in sunny spots, not even that.
0: Well, we are the garden show right here on Lyme. Healthy Living with a Twist, Sirius Satellite Radio 114.
1: (laughs) So join us in the garden next to the roaring fire. Put your feet up.
0: I (laughs) went outside and I took pictures of the big sycamore tree and it was cold.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did the camera work?
0: Yeah, the camera, well the battery actually was slow, that's funny. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: uh, I had the the lenses in the case and I opened it up and the lenses wouldn't go on because they were a different size than the place where they go on the camera which had shrunk already.
1: Oh wow.
0: But, and also they weren't that interesting pictures, it's a long story, but I was—I actually made a an inventory of trees within a 2,000 foot radius
1: of this place. And why 2,000 feet, why did you choose that number?
0: Uh, because it's it's where approximately I think that the big maple was taken down, and where the beech trees are across the street. So where it's, things it's kind, kind of, of change. You mean? Well, oh, arbitrary. Okay. It's somewhat arbitrary because I wanted to include the beech trees. Well, there's beech and hemlock in the ravine. Yes. Know? So that was sort of my point, and I wanted to include up there where the dam is, and you know, it just was, it was arbitrary.
1: Well, you know, the, there's a cool word for what you did. And I don't know if we've talked about this on the show or not. And I bet all, I bet a lot of you listeners know what I'm referring to, and that's botanizing. Oh, and that used to be a common what's the word a common Advocation? activity, act, advocate, activity, especially for young women. But when,
0: when are you talking about
1: Victorian times, early nineteen hundreds, right?
0: Uh. I'm listening. <laughs> oh, well, when is that died? postcard? When is that?
1: When is the date on that postcard that you have about? For, that's a picture of your property here? Oh,
0: I think it's 1905.
1: Ken has a postcard ta- with a photograph, a 100-year-old photograph. It's a 100-year-old postcard featuring a photograph of his property. And on the back of it, a young woman, I don't think we know the age, but I'm assuming she's a teenager, talking it was a postcard sent to her father talking about botanizing this exact area and wow you know this how many of our area. teenagers do that even know uh, the name beyond a, you know they might recognize a maple tree leaf but every tre- every evergreen's probably a pine tree you know anyway it's well, I-
0: I know, but they know all the logos on the jeans, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, isn't that the <laughs> Don't truth? Don't I sound
0: old saying that? <laughs> yeah.
1: But, okay, so you went out and you sort of, I know you do this frequently, but you, and you've done it in the past for native shrubs, I think. Didn't you botanize your property for native shrubs?
0: Mm, I guess I did. I, it wasn't that formal. And I actually made this this list of trees from memory, which sounds not so good, but I'm, I know these trees and I was very surprised maybe in the next segment will tell people the trees within a two thousand foot radius of this property. you think that's interesting? I but think we'll it's very interesting
1: and I think you <laughs> I think you would be and I'm speaking to all of you out there I think it would be a fascinating exercise for you to do and again, pick an arbitrary distance you don't have to pick the two thousand feet kind of eyeball. Where you are, I mean, if you are in a brand new development that mm. was built on on purchased farmland that's acres and acres, you might have to say a mile radius or whatever but the but the process, the adventure the activity of of looking for what grows in your locale is very exciting and I think richer than and more diverse than most of us would guess well,
0: I was only I was put only writing down the trees that are here naturally. You know? That you didn't
1: plant, you mean?
0: That nobody planted. Ah. And because we could make a list of the ornamental trees. Oh well that's that's too long a list. <laughs> <laughs> that you've brought to the property. Yeah, and I could do it two hundred feet, maybe would be good. <laughs> but two thousand feet. But today we're gonna we'll talk about that and I'd like to talk a little bit about some tools. I know that you're prepared with your your list, your life list of Tools you have toolized <laughs> for your tool journal, and, and uh, I have an incredible email to talk about, too. And uh, I want to tell you about some roses that I saw in Atlantic City.
1: Oh, I'm excited about these roses.
0: And some new plants. because Well, new plants, my goodness. This is the time of year. The catalogs are coming, and I want to be sure to give a couple of... Of nursery, mail or nursery um, catalog websites, and maybe we'll post them too, but we can talk about them. So that's what we're going to cover today, and where shall we begin? We talked about the
1: cats. <laughs> well, we could start with the tools. If since oh, We could you talk don't... about that email too. Let's start with the email, because that really refers to last week's show. So you ought to rehearse what we talked about last week, which was...
0: It was last
1: week. How to eliminate... Peat moss in the garden, well, which is a difficult thing to so do. We, so we
0: talked about that, but we also talked about my problem.
1: Well, I was getting to there. Mm-hmm. We talked about the problem of peat moss in the garden and blah 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 blah. But part of that whole discussion was around a difficulty you were having with your little windowsill nursery of of plants you're growing from cuttings.
0: That Take it great. away, Ken. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just a little cold here. My mouth isn't moving so well. Well, thanks for tuning in, and please be sure to join (laughs) us next week.
1: No, 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 no. No,
0: we got it. Well, last week I was talking about exactly what you said. I have plants that I made cuttings of from last summer's garden, which I do every year with a few of the wonderful uh, tropical tender perennials like Impatience and begonias. So there's some plants that I found at the nursery or... That have just been wonderful and bloomed their heads off, and there's a couple of impatiens. One in particular that just blooms all winter. Last year it bloomed all winter, never stopped blooming with these beautiful yellow flowers with a peach throat. And I don't remember the name, but you can find these at. The, you'll see ones like it and this one at the garden center this year. And this year they were as soon as I potted them up, they started to die. And everything. And you're talking.
1: You're talking about fall when you potted them up in late fall, or
0: right right. to prepare
1: to bring them indoors. No,
0: well, first I I cut made cuttings. Mm -hmm. I rooted the cuttings by sticking the cuttings in perlite. They rooted pretty quickly, and then I potted them up like I always do, and I used a commercial potting soil, which I tried not to do, but I you know sometimes you do the expedient thing, and I I couldn't find any kind of potting mix. And I had a whole bag of this stuff um, that wasn't uh, that didn't have food in it, nutrition built in, fertilizer, fertilizer, chemical fertilizer, and that was the big selling thing, selling point on the bag. And uh, I was a little surprised at what happened. And if you stay with us, you're going to find out. And then we got some confirmation email, which was terribly exciting, don't you think? Yes. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes, and I'll tell you the continuing mystery story of what happened to my plants on my windowsill. It's Ken Drew's Real Dirt. We'll be right back.
1: Hello, and welcome
0: back. Thank you for staying with us. And if you're just joining us, this is Ken Drews, and you're listening to Ken Drew's Real Dirt, right here online. Healthy Living with a Twist, Sirius Satellite Radio, 114, and I'm joined by Vicki Johnson, Garden Columnist, and we've been talking about, we left you with a cliffhanger.
1: <laughs> well, if you missed last week's show, we're kind of trying to catch you up to where we are with ken's adventure windowsill nursery adventure <laughs> well, <laughs> discovery mystery, right? mystery yes because
0: the plants that i had that i potted up i these are rooted cuttings from the summer garden of tender perennials like impatience and begonias and i rooted them in perlite and then i potted them up as i always do in four inch pots with a commercial commercially prepared potting mix and they started to die and they all started to to die. And these are the same plants I've done this year after year, and these usually do very well. And this particular Impatience that was dying the fastest uh, bloomed for me last winter. It bloomed all winter indoors. And some of them, I I looked at them and I wasn't sure what it was. The soil looked kind of funny. I made some cuttings of them, and usually, usually there's nothing you can do. And you take a cutting and whatever's killing the plant kills the whole plant. But I took the cuttings, I put some in water, I put some in perlite, and they perked right up. They instantly looked better. Uh, so after trying some different things and looking at them carefully, rerouting them, putting them in a different potting medium, I figured out that it was indeed the potting soil that I used, and I think it was the fertilizer in the potting soil. And I think that the fertilizer was burning the roots. Now, this... The, This potting soil says indoor-outdoor. It says for indoor plants, too. Right. It has a time-release fertilizer in it, which is activated by moisture and temperature.
1: In other words, it wants to be all things to everything. And how often does that really work, you know? Well, plants in the
0: the fall, I don't feed my plants in the fall at all because they're not in active growth. And usually there's too much fertilizer and it burns the roots. And that's exactly what was happening. It was killing the plants, I think. This is my own... Belief based on my experience, which is extensive.
1: <laughs> well, and our, listen, our listener, Pat, in from Marietta, New York. What an email. Yes, she emailed us and was thrilled that, um, you know, to hear the story of your experience with the miracle Grow potting mix that included fertilizer, which I believe was the exact same product she had used Mm -hmm. and again she had the same problem she couldn't find any other potting mix to buy and but she also said that she had problems with her summer containers using the same kind of product and you know so that i don't know that you had used it last year in your outside container
0: we'd have to talk to her because maybe she actually added some fertilizers which might be her custom you know so
1: Yeah, but but I think there's still a problem with this idea of trying to make a universal potting soil for all situations. A, that's impossible, and B, come on, nursery owner people, don't make that the only product available to us.
0: Well, they they actually had a, a lot of products, but they all had fertilizer.
1: Well, that's what I mean. We need plain, ordinary potting medium, as well as these amended other things. I'm I'm not convinced that the product isn't being made anymore. But we want people.
0: I'm sure it is. I just I don't, want I don't to. think that the people who produce this product ever used it. Frankly, it's just this whole well, new d- and improved thing, and they spend yeah. a whole lot more money doing the pro- the packaging and maybe even testing the packages than they. Do it. It's it's like we said last week too. It's like American cars used to be. You get in a car and you want to put a drink in a drink holder, and it took the American cars like ten years to have drink
1: holders. <laughs> Where Toyota, Honda, and the other and yeah. and the German cars, you know, figured it out. <laughs> Although sometimes you get in the Japanese
0: cars and they're a little small, but uh, not anymore compared. No, I
1: know. To the old days, my sister's old Honda. Yes, the seats are too small, even though it's a fancy schmancy for the year. You know, Accord. Yep. Anyway, we digress, as we are known to that's do.
0: What, that's what it's about, man.
1: <laughs> yes, we gardeners are interested in everything, aren't we? I know you all agree with us that we gardeners are enthusiastic, interested, obsessed by plants, yes, but life also. Anyway. So we
0: move on <laughs> to something different, yes. a little different?
1: Are we going to talk about tools now, or are you going well, to th- get I, your tree list?
0: Uh, no, I did, forgot to go into this. I'll have to do that. Ne- next segment, uh, I <laughs> promise.
1: Stick with us.
0: Will you remind me, Vicky?
1: It's the cold. Our brains are sludgy this morning. Well, I got a lot
0: of things to talk about too, because you know, there's all these funky roses. I shouldn't say funky. There's all these roses, like the carpet roses and the ground cover roses, and mm-hmm. I got one carpet rose. I don't know if that's. I shouldn't say that. Might be a registered trademark. I don't know, but it was something like that, and I. Don't remember. I think I either was given it or, or something or maybe I fell for it. And it's supposed to grow along the ground, but this thing shot up 5 6 feet in the air. <laughs> and it also said that it wouldn't survive temperatures below 20 degrees, which I think was a misprint.
1: Oh, yeah, the lab- yeah, year. that must be wrong.
0: They're really I, I don't know why they think we're so stupid. <laughs> we're not that stupid. But I was in Atlantic City Uh, at a flower show, and I saw some new ground-covering roses, and, you know, I like anything apricot and peach. These are my flower colors, or the warm tones of tans and things like that, and I saw this thing called peach drift. Boy, I have to get it. I have to get it this year.
1: Well, I think it's available this year. We got notification about drift roses.
0: It's uh, from the Star Roses, which is the Conard Pile company, and they have six different ones. There's Coral Drift and Ivory Drift and Pink Drift, Red Drift and White Drift. Some of them are single, some of them are double. None of them say fragrant, I'm afraid, but these are roses that you plant for ideally for some place where you want a ground cover
1: or container growing.
0: Well, that's what I saw them in containers and they this Peach Drift was I was going to say it was a knockout. I shouldn't say
1: because that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a another registered name.
0: Well, they're v- they're very disease resistant, and they're hardy from zones five to ten, and uh, they're they little sort of they're almost they're almost ball shaped flowers. They're small, like one and a half inches across. The the double that's, ones are.
1: That sounds adorable.
0: It was adorable. It was adorable. So I'm looking forward to those drift roses, and I just wanted to. So I got a you. question for mm-hmm. you.
1: Sorry to talk over you. Um, so I I read the email. You know, they sent us the email, the promotional email about these roses, and they said ground covers, and or container growing roses, and. I get all excited about that, but then it's like, well, what are you going to do with that poor rose at the end of the season? How are you going to overwinter it? If I plant that in the ground in late September, is it going to be able to survive, you know, a February with, you know, brutally cold temperatures and no snow cover?
0: Now, this is after you've had it in the summer.
1: After I've grown it in in a container container all summer. See, that's it. I don't like thinking of, of you know, perennials like that as toss-aways at well, the end. of. how big is
0: the container?
1: Well, I would I would grow one in a very large container, you know, like tw- 25 to 30 inches across. With
0: other things, too? Possibly. Because I think if you plant it in, in that large container, you could probably leave it in that container.
1: Because it's hardy to zone five, which is right. very, very cold. Well, one
0: one zone colder than we are, except this year it's two zones colder than we are. And you could just mulch the top a little bit with something lightweight like well even if you if you put pine boughs in just so the the it the didn't soil frost heave
1: yeah cold yeah. i think
0: you'd be right you could also put soil over the if the if the graft is exposed or if these are grafted you could cover that if you're taking them out if they're in a smaller container you might think about just burying the container or putting the container in an unheated garage or basement and letting after it goes dormant or you could did I say you could sink the container in the ground, yes, too? Yes, mm-hmm.
1: Where are those elves when I need them?
0: Uh, or you could plant it, and you could, if you have nice soil, you could just cover the entire plant with soil and then wash it off in March.
1: Well, I'm very excited about these, and you know that I had this major excavation adventure this past Oh, you have fall every year. Well, but it's at the edge of a stone wall and it's at the front of the property. Oh, yeah. And I'm, oh, I'm thinking sorry. of putting some of asked. these, I'm thinking of putting, you know, two or three roses of these roses to cover, you know, the ground right behind this stone wall. If they're that hardy, you know, anyway. Well, it's one of the things me. I'm considering as I look at that scar and can't wait until it's time to.
0: <laughs> you know, I bet you could peg them too. Do You know what I mean? Yes, I do. If they have long canes that are going Yes, out, you could peg them to the ground with like a landscape cloth peg. I guess that's what it's <laughs> called those U-shaped wire things. Or you could even make your own out of it, like a giant hairpin. clothes hanger, right? And uh, it would root in there, and you'd get a real good crop going, and that and would that be would be nice. like a
1: second rose. I mean, it would or third a or plant. 15th. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If so I you kept think doing about that,
0: mixing the colors.
1: Well, I really like the look of the ivory one. I, don't they call it ivory? Or
0: That's the double white one. Well, it's ivory. The double and, ivory one. And yeah. I
1: love the, the, the peach one. Oh, the peach one. I think that combining those two would be a lot of fun.
0: Well, we can think about that. Now I'm supposed to get my tree list, and then we're going to be back in a few minutes. So please stay with us. It's Kendrew's Real Dirt with Vicki Johnson. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back. I'm so glad that you stayed with us. And If you're driving, drive carefully. If you can get your car started today, oh. a lot of the country is, is feeling the cold that we're feeling, even worse than we're feeling. I mean, I'm, we're complaining here that we're in the single digits. But at
1: least we don't have 30 mile an hour sustained winds howling at the same time.
0: We are such weather junkies. We never get over it, do we?
1: We don't, but I don't think gardeners do. Not do well. you out there? Write us and tell us.
0: It's they, like, uh, yeah, it's like we're, you know, farmers, like agriculture, horticulture.
1: But, you know, I think ordinary citizenry has become weather-obsessed, too, now that there's a weather channel. At least my sister has. Although her husband was an obsessed gardener, so I think she inherited it from him. <laughs> well, anyway. we,
0: we promised we'd give give my botanizing local tree I list, know. List. I'm <laughs> waiting with bated breath. I, I thought of another thing I wanted to ask the listeners, too, because uh, I want to talk about dogs, but I'm going to just make a little note here, and let's, okay, because I don't want your breath baited for too long, you'll freeze to death. <laughs> the the land around the island where we are now, there we're in the, uh, on an island in a river, which sounds extremely romantic, only you can't tell that it's an island exactly, but the river splits and goes around it. There used to be mill buildings here for centuries, the last mill burned down in the 20s, and really for centuries. There were mills here in the 1700s. Uh, it's a very steep slope that takes you down to the valley, uh, and it was so steep that there wasn't a lot of farming, but there were, was some grazing, because there were dairy cows in the area. And there used to be a train, Vicki, I guess you know this. Yes. There used to be a train that came by here, but it went. the train came down off its hillside and into the river and cross the river to get to the mills and then cross the river to go back up to the hillside to continue down to the creamery which is where the dairymen would come and drop off their milk every day and their cream and it would get picked up at the train and probably taken New York, New York City I guess and Newark and other places like that uh, and there were bridges built onto the island the first bridges were in 1756 during the French and Indian War And there have been several bridges since then. (laughs) How am I doing? Am I confusing people, do you think?
1: No, no. You're describing the land on which you garden.
0: And it was orchards for a while. I don't know if I said that. No. But.
1: uh, And wooded, naturally. You know, Mother Nature grew trees here before all of that.
0: I think that by 1750, probably most of this area
1: was cleared. Mm Mm-hmm. For building material do. and fires and...
0: and for, so they can make pasture land. Right. Because they didn't farm because of the steepness, but I think it was pretty much cleared. So there, there's no trees in the area that I've seen that are, I don't think, that are from 1750 or before then. There there have been some very old ones, and one was just taken down about 2,000 feet from here, which is one of the reasons I started with that Point because as I started to as I was describing this area, I realized I'm including the creamery in this area, in the 2,000 feet. But uh, across from where that maple tree was taken down, there is a crevasse, a deep ravine, and there are American beech in that ravine, which are so beautiful they keep their leaves, especially when the juveniles, the young ones, keep their tan leaves right through the whole winter. But I started to... Let's count them. <laughs> okay, I saw maples. I saw box elder, red maple, silver maple, and sugar maples, white oak, chestnut oak, red oak, pin oak, the American beech I mentioned, black willow, aspen, ironwood, eastern red cedar, eastern larch, tulip tree, black cherry, pignut, nut, shag bark, bitternut hickory, shag bark hickory, Sweet and Gray Birch, Black Walnut, American Linden, Hemlock, American Elm, White Ash, Honey Locust, Eastern White Pine, and Sycamore. That's 28.
1: That's exciting.
0: In a 2,000 foot radius. Whew.
1: That's very exciting. Yes. It is
0: exciting because I always think that this is like, you know, all that stuff's history and it's... Too bad it's all gone. But it's well, it not isn't all, all gone. gone. No.
1: It isn't all trash trees. They aren't all being eaten by the deer. It's not all being destroyed by development. Well, there aren't a lot of
0: young trees. I mean, there, there's a lot of young brush, but these trees aren't that old. I mean, some of them are 20 years old, but there's not a lot of stuff that's new.
1: Well, you know, as I listen to you rattle off this impressive list of Trees growing within a two thousand foot radius of your house, I realize one real problem for me attempting to do the same thing I don't know my trees and shrubs well enough, particularly in winter. I don't oh, but you know i'm not I don't know them well enough to to walk out there without some kind of guidebook and and again, it can't be one of these massive encyclopedic tomes <laughs> Just you know take
0: your computer you can google them all
1: oh uh, uh-huh. i have a hard time seeing the screen in the sun or else i would <laughs> well
0: maybe, yeah, and my
1: wireless not. card doesn't yeah how about that your, far. G-
0: your gps i, I locator. know oh, i
1: know i'm supposed to have a satellite connection aren't i no i mean I use my blackberry okay,
0: right well, well i should do a gps locator for people who visit the area and they can point their gps thing at a tree and it'll tell them <laughs> what it is because it's on the never mind
1: <laughs> Never mind. Exactly. Google if only tree. those GPS locators were that good—the ones mm-hmm. that come in cars.
0: Oh, well, they have handheld one, held ones.
1: I think now, they're now. better than the majority. And I know you can get those adapted for your car. Anyway, we don't want need no, to no, go no, there. No, no, Here no. we go again. So we
0: have to find a book, and we have to. If we find one, we're going to recommend it and put it on the website.
1: Well, I I have hunted one down on the internet. I'm going to see if the library has it. And if it's a good one, I'm not going to give the title yet because I don't know if it's a good one. But if it's a good one, I'll let you know. And, of course, it's probably going to only be for the northeast. That's the only way you can hope to get that detailed coverage. And I certainly hope it covers shrubbery. Although, if it's flowering, I think Newcomb's Wildflower Guide includes Mm -hmm. shrubs. Mm -hmm. And that's an excellent resource for people living in southern, eastern Canada, all the way down to North Carolina, I believe, and as far west as... It's not. Newcomb's guide doesn't cover clear to the Mississippi, I don't think, but maybe Ohio? I don't remember. Anyway, that's my go-to guide for flowering plants.
0: And I should have mentioned that the trees that I listed, because I didn't list the catalpa, and I didn't list some other ones that are even from the Midwest that were brought here. So these are trees that are indigenous, local to this area, and have somehow persisted. There are some trees that should be here that are gone, but not a lot of them. This is a hardwood forest, a mixed hardwood forest is where I am, because where we live, we get, well, we used to get a lot of rain, <laughs> and that's what makes a woodland. We, we got on average close to 50 inches a year. And I think last
1: year we came close to that. I think, 2000, yeah. 2000, uh, well, 2005, I, I think we got about that. 2006, we were close, I think.
0: It's another reason to be weather junkies is because of global warming and how screwy the weather's been for over 10 years. We've had seven of the worst droughts. One of the wettest years in history, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're back talking about the weather again. <laughs> I was going to talk about what's new. What's new with mm-hmm. you? No. Yes. No. <laughs> I actually, I went to Plantalights Nursery's website, and that's mm. plantdelights.com. One word. P-L-A-N-T. We didn't even give our website. dot scom Yes, what were you going to say? Ask did me. you
1: hide your credit card from yourself? <laughs> I know the answer.
0: No, I, I did. I I sat on my card, <laughs> but I started my list, too.
1: Oh, I know. That's one of those nurseries where it's impossible not to just shop and shop and shop. There's so many fabulous things.
0: Well, I don't know if you knew, Vicki, but they, they list their top 25 sellers and, oh I didn't they know they had a bestseller list and update the list all the time mm-hmm. very frequently like once a month or something oh cool and they also have a contest and I'm not exactly sure about how the contest works because that's not what we're talking about but I know that I think if you guess the top 25 you get something or whatever for the whole year uh-huh. which is very hard I would imagine but I was, I was I was gonna say I'm surprised by the list but in a way I I'm not that surprised. I guess I'm surprised that I'm right. But there's a lot of tender perennials on this list. There's still...
1: That's the big thing. Cannas. I mean, still. Cannas
0: yeah. and Colocasia and Calla Lily. And uh, all new stuff. Not things that... you know, Not things from 20 years ago. A lot of new things. A lot of flashy, hot things.
1: You know, as so, much as I enjoy that, and I, I totally am into... Planting up large containers uh, because there's a lot to benefit from that. I'm loving shrubs. I want to know more about shrubs.
0: Well, we should do a shrub show.
1: A shrub shrub. But not today.
0: (laughs) Say that 12 times fast. I can't say it once. But by the time Vicki says it 47 times, we'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) This is Kendra's Real Dirt with Vicki Johnson. Online, Healthy Living with a Twist. Please stay with us. Hello, this is Ken Drews. We have an awful lot to cover in this last segment of Ken Drews Real Dirt. I'm your host, and I'm here with Vicki Johnson. And I didn't give you our email address, and I didn't give you the website, and you can sign up for the free e-newsletter, no paper.
1: At kendrews.com, K-E-N-D-R-U-S-E, all one word, dot com, is where you can sign up for the newsletter. And if you want to write us, and we really love to get mail please write us at kendrewsrealdirt at yahoo.com. And again, that's all one word, no hyphens, no spaces. K-E-N-D-R-U-S-E-R-E-A-L-D-I-R-T at yahoo.com.
0: You did that beautifully. What did you (laughs) say? No commas, no spaces? Is that what you said? No
1: hyphens, no no spaces. No hyphens,
0: no spaces. I love it. (laughs) No hyphens, no spaces. No no must, no fuss. Mm.
1: So we have a lot to talk about.
0: Yes, and I wanted to tell you that the special issue of Martha Stewart Living Magazine, which is called Outdoor Living, is on the stands right now, and it has two pages of my garden. And I know there's pictures on the website to see Ken's garden, but you can also see two really nice pictures of my garden.
1: Well, that's exciting. I didn't know that was going to happen.
0: Neither did I. (laughs) (laughs) Two full pages. And uh, in Martha's special magazine, Outdoor Living, there's a list of five tools that you must have. And you and I were talking about that this morning, and we can't narrow it to five. <laughs> I think I could narrow it to six, but you and I would have different
1: well, lists of six. And what we realized is, is that it depends on whether you're talking about hand tools or not, because that is more personalized mm, than, had, yeah, than bigger, bigger tools. Little, and... So tell me Martha's list.
0: Well, Martha had a pruner.
1: Hand pruner, you mean?
0: Yes. Okay. Which is also called a cicator or pruners. Or Or secator. Secator. Oh, sorry. Is that how you say
1: it? No, it's probably an alternate pronunciation. Ah. I wasn't trying to correct you. I was saying either or.
0: She had a shovel. She had a trowel. And she actually had a a trowel that I like, uh, personally. She had a weeder, one of those long... Oh, you said it's a dandelion weeder, the Uh, long one I think it
1: has been called that mm-hmm. frequently.
0: And she had a, a rake, like a leaf rake. Is that five things? I think so.
1: Okay, sure. That's, Pruner,
0: weeder, that's, rake, shovel, trowel.
1: Yeah, now, you can't garden without those things. That's true.
0: But I looked at it and I thought, spade. You need a spade.
1: Well, you've got to have a spade. you got to have loppers. Right?
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> got to have a wheelbarrow. Uh, right?
0: Ooh, boy. <laughs> and now we wanted a sky crane. Right?
1: Oh, and elves.
0: And elves, right? Can't guard And a by dog.
1: Elves. You want a dog.
0: I want a dog. but I, 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 And we're, I want to talk about that too because I'm going to ask our listeners for their advice with my problem. But uh, pruners, we can easily recommend Felcos, Falcos. yep. I like the Felco number two.
1: When it comes to loppers, I really like Fiskers.
0: I like the Felco loppers, actually. Okay. And uh, she had, the rake was just a, like a leaf rake. I don't know, is that what you call those things? Mm-hmm. You know, the, and the I love my, springy ones?
1: I love my telescoping one that I got at Restoration like Hardware for t- 15 bucks. I think.
0: They, they've been around for a long time, and they're very nice, and they're inexpensive. And that's...
1: Because uh, you can have a narrow rake, mm-hmm. or you can have a full wide wake
0: w- Wake. wake. <laughs> and the <laughs> narrow one, sometimes you just got to get those leaves out of the corner, you know? Exactly. Or in between some plants.
1: Exactly. It's a marvelous invention. And they
0: had the steel, she had the steel trowel, which is just like if you pictured a a trowel in your head, it is exactly the trowel. And there's so many trowels that have come along, stainless steel, aluminum, lightweight, heavy. But this one is, and it it does rust, but I I take good care of it. But it's just like a standard trowel, and I love my trowel.
1: Well, and even when it comes to Falco pruners, how many models do they have? I know it's right and left handed. I like the number 2. Well, and I don't. It's right. wh- it's opens too wide and my hand gets injured using it very long. I think my the one I like it's not that rotating one that's all clumsy. No I, don't like that. no, I think my the mine is a number 6. It has an indentation in the hand in the handle so that when it's when the when the blades are opened at their widest my hand isn't stretching Stretched. too wide.
0: Oh. Well, that's the other thing about the tools. I mean, we gave a list of tools you must have but it's a very personal thing
1: yes it gets very personal
0: well for as you know scout the dog passed away it'll be three years this august and she was 490 years old she was 16 years old she was
1: the methuselah of the canine world
0: for a big dog and she was half golden retriever and we say half tall dark stranger (laughs) but i think German Shepherd, maybe.
1: <laughs> I was going to say shepherd, half shepherd mix, half golden retriever mix.
0: And uh, she was th- a good dog. We didn't have deer in those days. And so I've been trying to think, I would, I think someday before I'm gone, I'd like to have a dog again. And, I'm, and I thought, well, I've never had a purebred dog. And. I probably never will, <laughs> but I I've done things like taking tests. You know, like what's your ideal dog? And you can go online. You can go find a quiz here. Oh, really? And books. you've done that? Oh, I've done it so many times.
1: So, what dog do they recommend for you? What no do- dog?
0: I <laughs> <laughs> say you should not have a dog.
1: Why? What? 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 What do you say about yourself that? Oh, you, know, you don't want a dog that digs.
0: <laughs> I don't want a dog that digs. I don't want a dog that chits. I don't want a dog that I ever have to walk. I don't want a dog that sits around all day and You does shouldn't nothing. have a dog. I don't want a tiny dog. I don't want a big dog. You shouldn't I have a dog. I don't want a dog that barks. I don't want a guard dog. I don't want... You want an elf that doesn't mind the cold. I want a dogmatic, one you can put in the closet and shut off. <laughs> what was the name of the on. Jetsons'
1: dog? <laughs> Did the oh, Jetsons have a dog?
0: I think so. <laughs> Probably had his own TV show. <laughs> I didn't do too well on those tests but th- there were occasionally dogs came up actually and uh I narrowed it down to about three dogs that I would like to have and there's something wrong with each one of them
1: <laughs> well if they have terrier in their name that's well that's one that's of them. a giveaway yeah
0: but then you know it would be great to get rid of the woodchucks but but uh, then you
1: know I know a terrier who is a nursery mascot and he is not digging up all the plants it it's it's the personality They're not all the same. no they aren't and it's the personality of the owner and as well as the dog you know anyway well but dogs are a lot you have it's an investment it's a relationship i, I meant my, an investment of your time mm-hmm. and your emotions and your psyche to own a dog i Whew. keep thinking i'd like to have a dog as well not well, necessarily to help me in the garden but it would be nice but They are a lot of work.
0: Well, the designer dogs are the big thing.
1: Oh, please. Let's not even go there. It upsets me too much. Makes me mad.
0: Okay. There goes my next two minutes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, aren't they like puppy mills, essentially, for the rich and famous? Those designer dogs. No.
0: Well, I'm talking... No. The designer dog usually means the... The ones that are like the cockapoo and the...
1: Uh Well, I saw a thing on TV about all that. And it looks like a puppy mill to me. That's
0: that's unfortunately what has happened, actually.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, the Labradoodle, that was the big (gasps) one. Oh, and the
1: Golden Doodles are... I met a Golden Doodle that... I fell in love with.
0: Oh, so now you're falling in love with. I, them.
1: Well, I don't. Th- I, oh, I don't geez, think that I don't think they're one of those puppy mill dogs. I could be wrong, but talk about a gorgeous well, temperament you, and adorable if you know personality. The, if you
0: go and you meet, the, I mean, you have to. We, any dog we would ever get, we would meet the breeders. We would look at the parents. Unless it's a mutt cock-a-poo. at the pound
1: that you're rescuing, well, these and, are and you, mutts, and you still have to and you still have to use your intuition and and I I couldn't do it. See, I'd have to send my sister because well, I just I would take all them all, all home.
0: I, that's the thing. I think all in all, there's so many dogs that don't have homes that need rescuing that the, the chances of me getting a seven hundred and fifty dollar to three thousand dollar well, dog are slim.
1: I, look at Scout. She was a mutt and she was a wonderful dog. What? <laughs> What?
0: Yes, I'm all for mutts. I yes. There's things about you know if I had to choose a mutt, it wouldn't be Scout, but that's another story.
1: Well, she, well, well, I, I met her when she was an older dog, and she and I got along really well. Oh, so. she was
0: terrific when she was a puppy.
1: I loved she, Scout. Oh, anyway,
0: uh, you're right. I can't go to those places either. I have to go t- talk about putting my credit card in my pocket when I look at the catalogs. I have to go with my. mouth taped shut with duct tape, and my hands tied behind my back.
1: Oh, I know. And
0: then you'll see the tears in my eyes.
1: It's heartbreaking to me. I want to bring them all home. So if you have a dog, even if it's a mutt, that is a marvelous garden dog, please write and tell us. And, And what is it about your relationship and the training and the... You know, growth and development of you and your dog that made it such a great dog. I was just
0: going to tell you what was about the cockapoo because I thought that was going to be a wonderful solution for me until it talked about the getting a burr out of the fur of the cockapoo.
1: Oh, I know. You'd have to constantly shave it.
0: And I like the, the border terrier, but then they shed all over the place, and then there was the cave-ins when they go after the underground, and they always go underground, but they don't all, but they often do. And I really like the idea of an Australian Shepherd, and they're beautiful as long as you socialize them early on. Otherwise, they'll be a one-person dog and hate everybody else, but they want constant exercise, and well, we're too busy for constant exercise. I know,
1: and dogs need that.
0: But do send us an email at Dirt at yahoo.com, and give us your opinion and tell us about your dog, and we'll talk about them on the air and thank you for joining us on Kendra's real dirt we'll see you next week bye Vicki
1: bye Ken